Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Caretakers to be paid directly by the Department of Education. If this episode is about to sound fairly familiar, don't worry. Much of what I'm about to say is very similar to an episode I did almost a year ago where I argued something pretty much the same. It was that secretaries should be paid directly by the Department of Education. And since recording that episode over a year ago, the government promised to pay secretaries properly and then they broke that promise. And as I'm recording this episode, they've promised again to do something for secretaries and caretakers. But... I'm somewhat sceptical. So I think it's safe enough to still record this episode and say that if I were the Minister for Education, I would ensure that caretakers would be paid a standard wage directly from the Department of Education. Hello, hello, you are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis here from Anshaw.net. If I Were the Minister for Education is a podcast series where I take an aspect of the education system I would change if I were the Minister for Education and I try and think of some simple solutions that would help improve the system, simplify it and make it fair for everybody. Uh, This week I'm focusing on caretakers and as I said to be perfectly honest I could interchange this episode which in this case will focus on caretakers to pretty much any member of ancillary staff in a school. And I remember in the last episode where I talked about secretaries I started off um, by googling the word ancillary just to um, I suppose set the context and I think it's worth repeating because the definition was of ancillary was in addition to something else but not as important which I basically think is what the Department of Education consider ancillary staff to be. However as anyone on the ground will tell you when a caretaker isn't around the school there's often no one more important than him or her. Like with the school secretary Can you remember the last time your caretaker was out for more than a day or two? It's it's just one of those jobs that sometimes people only notice when that person is not in. Um, The school caretaker is the person that quietly keeps the school ticking, whether that's simple things like opening and closing the gates of the school, or bigger things like fixing a blocked toilet, or hanging up a notice board, or repairing a broken one. And the list of jobs a caretaker does is very interesting and different because it ranges from the practical, I mean, to pretty much the ridiculous. Kind of, in a way, when nobody else can do the job, the caretaker is usually the person that's called. That could be anything from a ball being kicked up on the roof of the school, the gutters being stuffed with autumn leaves, putting out chairs for the winter concert, mopping up projectile vomit from a junior infant, changing a bulb and a projector, and so on and so forth. School caretakers are paid from the ancillary grant, which is given to all schools by the Department of Education every year based on the number of pupils enrolled in the school the previous year. 
and this grant is also supposed to cover the wage of all ancillary staff, including the secretary, cleaning staff and so on, but in general, it doesn't cover much of these costs unless a school pays less than the minimum wage. The Department of Education doesn't actually pay caretakers directly, and pretty much the same as secretaries. And if I were to make this episode as short as possible, the bottom line would just be that school caretakers should simply be paid directly by the Department of Education in the same way that teachers and SNAs are paid directly by the Department of Education. It's kind of simple really, and in a way you could nearly finish the episode with that and say thank you very much for listening, we'll catch you again next week. But naturally, I'm more verbose than that. Because I want to think a little bit more deeply about the role of the caretaker in the school and why they should be paid directly by the Department of Education. Um, Are there any advantages to what we do right now and so on? But the question I suppose that I hear you not asking me is, what should they be paid? Now if I was to compare them to the latest proposed deal being given to school secretaries, would €13.50 per hour be a good enough rate? I mean the same as what secretaries are supposed to be being paid in the new in their in their deal with the Department of Education. Maybe it should be a SNA wage. Should it be a teacher wage? But what what should it be? I mean there are the questions we need to ask. And of course every school's a different size, a different age, in a different condition, and they'll have different needs. So should the pay impact or be be influenced by that? And some very, very old buildings, for example, are very sturdy, but they could be damp or they could be deteriorating in, in quality. Some um, some uh, schools are in really, really, I suppose, old prefabs that, I mean, are in awful condition. And a caretaker's job is probably just pretty much solely trying to keep them from not falling down, maybe. Um, some very new buildings and some of the newest buildings will have been built really, really badly. And in fact, most of the time they've been built really, really badly. So the work needed would be very different there. However, whether whatever the wage should be, The interesting thing is, unlike secretaries, there does exist a pay scale for caretakers from the Department of Education. I'm not sure if people know that. And to be honest with you, um, it's very clear. There's even a pay scale um, and it's very specific about the weekly wage of a school caretaker. And it's supposed to be between €546.97 and and €624.96 per week. So that's roughly, if you're looking at per annum, about €28,500. Now, you can find that information on the Forsa website fairly easily. However, many caretakers are paid similarly to secretaries, by the hour and only during term time, which means they have to sign on the dole and have no pension rights during the breaks. Another strange quirk of the supposed caretaker pay scale is that they receive different pay if they're working in Dublin Um, or Cork actually, or Cork City anyway, and that's interesting too. So if you work in Dublin City or Cork City, you get an extra thousand euro um, uh, extra per year. And that might ask the question as why does other uh, education staff not get the, what should be called, let's say the Dublin supplement, much like the London supplement for teachers if they work in London to make up the difference in the cost of living. That's probably for a different episode, but, um, you know, and as someone who's kind of, even after 20 years, is still a bit sore about having to leave Dublin just due to, to, to the cost of living, 
I'm probably not ready to talk about it now, to be honest with you, you know, but, you know, should, I mean, if a caretaker's salary has a Dublin supplement or a Quirk City supplement or a city supplement, it does beg the question, should we be talking about that? But anyway, not for now. I'm still too sad. Anyway, looking at the various websites that let you know the average hourly wage of a caretaker, it does seem that the medium wage is around €12 per hour if Uh, if you look at the various schools, which is more than a secretary now, but lower than the agreed wage of the secretary in the latest pay deal. Ultimately, though, given that there is a pay scale, it should just be as simple as that. The caretaker should just simply be paid by the Department of Education. Now, I've never done an episode as short as this, but I kind of feel that there really isn't much more to say. Um, you know, except for the fact that, you know, although the caretaker should just be paid by the Department of Education, the Department of Education really doesn't want to know. And, you know, the reason that they don't want to know is because it works. It's much easier to give a school a grant, an ancillary grant, and tell the school to do what they want with it. It's there's less uh, work for the Department of Education because they don't have to add caretakers to their payroll. Schools, individual schools have to add them to their own payroll. So you've got the extra added work of uh, putting uh, the caretaker on payroll. And it is a, a bit of work. I mean, we, we in my school in particular, we have um, somebody who comes in to uh, do do payroll. I mean, we have bus escorts, which we have to pay by payroll. We have our secretary, we have our caretaker. The accounts person themselves uh, is actually on the payroll. Um, and, um, and you know, th- these kind of things uh, take time. And uh, they, they, and they, and that's something the Department of Education would be very happy not to do. The Department of Education don't have to worry about a holiday pay uh, because, again, they're just giving a, a grant. And what you use that grant for is your own business. Uh, as well as that, if they put the department, if they put caretakers on um, Department of Education payroll, they probably then have to release circulars that affect what the caretaker should do. At the moment, they don't have any responsibility whatsoever for what a caretaker does. In fact, if a caretaker, you know, something happened to a caretaker as a result of their school, the Department of Education, I mean, have absolutely no remit in the management of that caretaker or in the responsibility for that caretaker. It's all on the school's board of management, which I'm sure you aren't surprised to hear because ultimately the Department of Education will argue that they have no responsibility for anything that happens in any school to any member of staff, um, even though they are the paymaster and thus probably the employer. But certainly in the case of ancillary staff, they are definitely not their paymaster because they don't pay them directly. So there can be no argument whatsoever that they're responsible for anything that happens to the caretaker. So these are real reasons why the Department of Education don't want to know. This suits them absolutely fine and despite all the promises over the last I don't know it's a decade nearly uh, because they still haven't done anything for secretaries um, you know they're why are they going to take on caretakers now I know at the moment there's a promise for 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 caretakers um, in this uh, in these force of pay talks that are going on I'm recording this around October well sorry the end of September 2021 where there was a, a recent strike uh, averted because again there were promises uh, that there would be regularization of secretary and caretaker pay, uh, pay and things like that but you know there's still strikes of 
you know, thought there's still threats of strikes continuing on as I'm recording the episode um, because nothing has happened. I mean, still nothing has happened uh, and something really, really has to change um, in that regard. Look, as I said, I don't want to labour the point anymore. I, I feel this is very basic. I think if you want to listen back to the Secretary's episode, you'll get lots more information about why ancillary staff are treated the way they are. I could repeat all that again, but I just don't think the point, there isn't any point in doing that. Um, I don't know, a 12-minute episode, maybe you're not getting value for your money. Uh, but um, in that in that case, look, I'm, um, you know, I have recorded another episode of this podcast uh, last week, kind of a bonus one. It, it was an interview with Dr. Gary Kyo, and it might be worth your while listening to that one, just uh, to get your fix, if that's what you wish. But in the meantime, uh, as I'm trying desperately to fill in time here, I don't think there's much point in saying anything else. But if I were the Minister for Education, I would be regularising caretakers' pay and ensuring that they're paid directly by the Department of Education. So that is it. A world record for If I Were the Minister for Education. The shortest episode ever. Uh, that is not to say that it is the least important episode ever. It's highly important, this episode, where we really need to be looking after our ancillary staff better. It's quite shameful that we aren't. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, I would be grateful for you uh, to review it if you don't mind uh, or subscribe to the podcast you can find this podcast on any uh, of the podcasting platforms just by searching for if I were the Minister for Education um, if you are interested in being interviewed by me uh, for the podcast I am looking for anyone who is interested in education primary education particularly that's not just teachers principals or things like that or things like that I'd be interested to talk to secretaries and caretakers but I'm also interested in talking to parents I'm looking to talk to advocates in education um, because I want to I want to have a nice conversation about what people do getting to know people in education I think um the various podcasts about education seem to fo focus too much on the politics of it. And I'm kind of interested in talking to regular people who have an interest in education and maybe challenging them a little bit uh, on their own uh, concept, con uh, you know, uh, positions on certain things, whatever they might be, and maybe having a discussion around that. Um, because I think uh, the episode I did with an interview kind of was interesting. It kind of gave a bit of a different uh, flavour to, to the podcast. But anyway, that's me just analyzing out loud uh, where I think maybe we could do some uh, interesting things with the podcast. But in the meantime, you'll have to deal with me. We're probably nearly halfway through uh, the various things I would change if I was the Minister for Education. This is episode 64. I have about 130 of them. So until next week, when we talk about something else, I'll, uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you then. Bye bye.